fuckingly know. The other one has about 10 minutes before, huh? I was just kidding. Sorry. Yeah, I was being, I was being hyperbolic. Me? Yeah. I was being you. And hyperbolic in general. Ready? Hello, hello. This is Bake and Bookish with your hosts, Maggie Boyer. And Savannah Cruz. This is the podcast where we get really, really baked and talk about books. Sometimes our favorite books, sometimes our least favorite books, and sometimes somewhere in between. We will talk about sex and spoilers and swear and spit, probably. I mean, <laughs> just throw in another thing. Yeah, just another little as the alliteration. So definitely, if you're not into those things, keep rock barefoot and leave now. And if you do like those things, give us a review, follow the podcast, do whatever you want to do to just support us. I just keep disconnected. I'm reconnected. Everything's okay. Um, beep, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I feel liquid and it's not here. It should be anything. <laughs> anyway, um... So if this is the podcast for you, go ahead and subscribe, like, rate, do whatever on whatever platform. Uh, this is a little bonus episode. This is we just decided to do what book today, Savannah? We decided to do the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Yep, yep. You know we had to do the new Hunger Games book. Everyone asked for this book, Savannah. Yeah, everyone asked for it. And so I got really excited about it. And I didn't know what it was about. And I started reading it. I knew it was like a prequel, but I didn't know what it was. Right? That's all that I knew, too. That's all I knew. And I started reading it. And I was like, this is Snow's story. I don't want to read this shit. Yeah. I was honestly so put back. I mean, it ended up being a smoother reading experience than I thought initially. But at the beginning there, I was like, I don't want to read about him. And it was. But we decided to read it for a bonus episode. This is one of our free bonus episodes, but we do have a bunch of paid bonus episodes. You know, the other Hunger Games books, the Twilight episode. Well, the first Hunger Games is a regular episode, but the other two are subscriber only, and that was really fun. Uh, so we do have a ton of bonus episodes. If you want to subscribe on Spotify or Patreon, all the links are in the description. But we're going to go ahead and get into it. and be a quick and messy episode because that is how bonus episodes be. That's right. We like it like that. We like it like that. <laughs> uh, another thing. Oh, we're going to do weave pairing first. Yep. Weave pairing first. So we have some edibles because I thought that he that you could send edibles into the games. But then I realized I also have a snake bong. And so that's going to be what we use in like the meantime while the eddies kick in. So love that plan. The dusted dumpy. Yeah, like candy dusted marshmallow bunnies or something, but they don't taste like marshmallows. I don't know. 15. 5 CBD. Oh, I love that. We love good CBD gummies. Yeah. So, sorry. who is this author? Who are we reading? Uh, like, I have no idea who we're reading. Right. No idea. None. Sorry. So, I've decided since I do the author part, the segment, that uh, you guys can just go back and listen to the other episodes. You can either go to the first one of the Hunger Games or you can go back and pay to be a subscriber. And listen to me describe Suzanne Collins in that one. This is a bonus episode, so I'm not 
I'm not gonna glorify her anymore. Fuck that shit. I'm done. Yeah, like, it was an okay book, but not enough for me to rehash all of her accomplishments. I'm already jaded about it, you know? Oh my god. It's not good enough to be this famous. And I'm still mad about it, so I'm not I'm not going into her backs. I'm gonna so obsessed with this book. And like I it's I think the syntax is better than anything else she's done. That the writing itself was a lot better. Um in some ways. You know, her descriptions of the places and things were better. I, I thought like the world building was a lot better. But also it was so heavy handed at moments that I was like, please call. Right. Right. There were so many, like, heavy-handed things throughout, and we'll get into it along the road, but if you read this, I'm sure you've seen it, and you've felt exactly what we're talking about. So, we start out this book, we're learning about Snow, he's referred to as Cory Lanus, which I will never call him. I will call him Anus before I call him Cory Anus, or Cory Lanus. I'm calling him Snow, but I will call him Anus before I call him that. And they, what is it that Tigress calls him? Oh, it turns out Tigress is his cousin. Did we know that in the original book? I don't think so. Maybe. I, I just, well, like, she ponders it. She's like, I wonder what would make him turn against, um, I wonder what would make Tigress, Katniss is pondering. And she's like, I wonder what would make her turn against her cousin. Like, I heard she was a stylist. Maybe this is where stylists go when they're all washed up to an underwear store. True. And she's like, maybe she got pushed out of the games or whatever. I don't know that she knew he was, they were cousins, but I knew she was a game-making stylist, like a game stylist, so I had us knew that much at least. Well, that's good. That's good to know, because she was very fun in this book. I felt like she was. I enjoyed her spending time with her character, because you're with a narrator that you don't want to spend time with. God, I hated spending time with Snow. Why, why did I have to do that? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't. As bad as, like, you know, he could have been, I guess. Like, she tried to make him semi-likable, but then he would have, like, these weird power dynamic things throughout. He's a power-hungry misogynist. Yeah, speaking of hungry, he was hungry. He was hungry for some power, and he kind of got it. So, he, the Snows had invested in District 13, and they were very old, well-put in the capital. District 13, oh, you know eventually was blown off the map and everything so they thought so they thought and all the investments went downhill and the snows were very house poor they'd sold like all their belongings and were barely hanging on to their apartment his parents are dead i feel like she tried to make me sympathize with him and i just like couldn't i was like i don't care like just right. his parents died in the war fighting the rebels means that he like should be pro-capitalism just because he's hungry means that he should be power hungry. Like, he was poor, and so they were very broke. They were very hungry. A lot of people in the capital went through, apparently, a hungry period when the rebels first went. Because this is also the 10th annual Hunger Games, guys. This is, like, 65 years ago. Yeah, forever ago. And so this is, like, right after the rebels had, like, uprose or whatever, and in the years following. And he's like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. I'm like, this should have turned you into, like, a communist, not into what you became. Right, and they're all in a capital just so dedicated to keeping up this, like, image of wealth throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it was, like, very important for him to posture because he didn't want to disrespect the snow name. There was a lot of, like heavy heavy stuff with that he is in school he's hungry 
he's trying to earn a scholarship to go to the university so that he can uh, pull them up by their bootstraps because that's apparently what he believes. Because, I mean, he didn't live in the capital and have that privilege of not being in a district and that even more hungry and poor. Right, right. I think, like, he dotes so much on, like, what he doesn't have and he never dotes on what he does have. Truth. The opportunity to go to university. The opportunity to not fear your death every, like, reaping. I mean, you kind of fear your death with hunger, but, like, so did everyone in the district and then they have the added layer. Right. So, I, I have little sympathy for him. But he does end up getting some power because a cohort of 24 people are chosen not to go into the Hunger Games, but to be mentors for the student, for the people in the Hunger Games. Yeah, our tributes get mentors for the 10th anniversary. For the first time ever, they're doing mentors. And we don't know how the mentorships end. It ends with it being people from the districts and other living tributes. Um, but at the beginning, apparently, it was capital babies, and it was a place to assert your power and maybe get a scholarship. So he, of course, of course, gets the girl from District 12. He doesn't know who it is yet, and the reaping starts, and we meet Lucy Gray, who gets picked. And the whole scene is so, like, strange and fantastical and i can't imagine like watching that live on tv like i mean i can't watch watching a reaping live on tv but like this reaping like what happened so lucy gray's name is called and there's drama she's coming up there's drama there tea we don't go behind the scenes but it's already yeah just drama out the gate so she is apparently carrying a snake inside of her dress that she then whips out to put on this girl as she's passing her on the way to the stage this is my snake bubble and i'm just gonna like drop it um down the skirt of my enemy right like so casual so casual casual it was so and then as they're like trying to figure it out she like starts singing and performing for everybody and you're like who the hell is this is she crying and she had like all this makeup on her face yeah and and snow is like you know what i might have gotten somebody who has some gall like normally the ones from just your 12 are the scrawniest and the quietest and it's like i'm it's like I'm being, like, mad shaded by getting the girl from District 12. And then he sees her, and he's like, dang, she might have some, like, energy, some power. I might be able to get some tributes. I'm not going to be able to win, but maybe I can get her to some farther spot. Right, and get some attention for himself. Literally, so he's being to make himself look good. Because at some point, they're trying to make sure that people are watching the game. So they're, like, talking to the mentors trying to get their feedback the games aren't required watching yet not everybody has electricity like there's so many barriers and so you know he's they're kind of forming the games in the way that they are going to happen in 65 years and getting literally snow's input on that and the other students but like snow is kind of the one who's the most vicious most forward most ideas like just like who's Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, but it, you know the things that he proposed were pretty interesting. It was like some stuff that, uh, 
yeah, the sponsors, them sending stuff in, sponsoring, and that was actually out of him wanting to preserve Lucy Gray's life because he was like, she's popular, but she ain't going to be able to do shit. And he's like, I need to help her. But then he's also like, but I'm poor. So let me put a stipulation in there that like no one is involved with the games can bet or can send sponsorships yeah and they start like betting on the games yeah the game starts that yep so yeah they're getting capital for it and stuff you yeah, know to get the people in the capital interested yep. in it and get them excited about it because at this point it's just be kind of become kind of bloody and not exciting which like yeah it's kids killing each other like, like yeah it should be bloody and not exciting and, you know, the interviews start this year. I don't know if that was Snow's idea or not, but, like, they do. Well, I guess they had, like, some interviews prior to that. But, like, they really start fleshing it out more yeah. and getting more attention on on the individuals and making it more engaging. And right. So that you can pick your favorite. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we also are. Well, hold on. <laughs> Also, if this is the 10th annual Hunger Games, or 65 years later when we meet Katniss, that means Snow in the first Hunger Games book is literally six, or is literally 83 years old. He is old as fuck. And I know, I know you said that they like picked an actor and like made him look really old or whatever, but I don't feel like he looks like he's 80 fucking three. No, you're right about that. They went older, but they didn't go that much older. Yeah, this is decrepit old. No offense to any 83 year olds listening. Like, I'm just like, you should be able to rest. You shouldn't need to be like president. Oh, oh, <laughs> sorry, Joe Biden, you're listening. Oh, that was just so funny. <laughs> Um, anyway, I just thought that was pretty wild to be like, oh my god, he's like 83 in these other books. Like, calm down, sir. Why is your life about vengeance and money and power? Like, you're 83. Go sit in your rice garden and take a chill pill. Truth. <laughs> so, he, like I said, felt like it was a slap in the face, but his friend, the friend of me, guy in his class named Sejanus. Yep. Why do they all have anus in their name? Yeah, it was a stylistic choice, I guess. I guess. I'm like, is there a root word for anus that means something other than butt? Gotta be. Like, gotta be. Why? Anyway. Anyway. And so his... His frenemy is, you know increasingly becoming uncomfortable with the games they're working together to kind of bring food in we have introduced so sejanus is from district two right so that's why he's so uncomfortable the people in capital like sometimes they think it's grisly but they're not like deeply disturbed by it right weird but it's like a town full of sociopaths but sejanus is like deeply disturbed by it and so he's starting to go like like Savannah's saying off the rails like what does he start doing he starts like throwing chairs whenever he sees things on on the screen he's been smuggling in food for the tributes and of course there's one person that won't take the food that he's really trying to get it to named Marcus who is from district two and happens to be his tribute and one of his old classmates so he is in like he's mentoring his old classmate 
into going into this death arena that yep. he could have been reaped for himself if he had been a few years prior. Right, if he had not had the money to get out of it. Yeah, because his parents were, like, mad invested in, like, weaponry and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they just paid their way to make it to the Capitol kids. Yeah. And so it's yikes. And he is really not having a good time. And it's reflecting badly on Snow to some degree because Snow is like his only friend. And Snow is like, I'm really only his friend to get close to his parents and maybe get some money or some food or some status again. Right. And he's like, but I, his thoughts about the family are like awful. He's so classist. He's like, these people are so much lower than me. I shouldn't be having to, like, bow down and thank them and this, that, and the other. But, like, at the same time, he's like, thank you. I just, oh, because he's like, I want their power. Yeah, and they just keep giving him food and stuff, money and stuff. You know, like, there's just, like, I mean, not money, but, like, food and different things. Like, it's basically money. Yeah. I mean, eventually, we'll get there. Um, uh, so... Snow starts falling in love with Lucy Gray during this whole process. Oh they like touch hands once. One of those things. He's got like a weird savior complex. It's really what it really truly is that he wants power and control. And because he has full control over Lucy's life at this moment, even though he doesn't feel like it, mm-hmm. he has so much power and control in her, like living or dying, is my opinion, that he thinks he's in love with her. And it's like power lust. It's gross. And yeah, really uncomfortable to read, like, because he was really convinced he was falling for her. But I was happy that he was assisting her. I was, too. Bringing our food against the rules. Then he he snuck in his mom's compact filled with rat poison. Because they can take, like, one thing into the arena in this point still. And so he's like, oh, it's just powder, and it's really rat poison, because one of the tributes had already died that way. Because they also held the tributes in the zoo. And like, yeah, that was wild. And they, like, didn't feed them and things, and Cornelius, like, or Corleanus, see, like, what? Corleanus. Coriolanus. 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 Snow. He... Oh, he, like, he went and greeted Lucy at the train station, and then he got, like, corralled into the zoo with them and got kind of, like, trapped for a little bit, and some kid died eating rat poison, and they almost jumped him, and it was just, like, really, really weird, and he saw the deplorable conditions, and he wanted to change it, not because he was like, oh my god, they deserve better, but because he was like, it'll be more entertaining if we feed them a bunch and get them strong and pretty and more people will be invested. So he's literally like making up rules for the games because he's like, Lucy could win this way or my next trivia could win this way. Right. And stuff. And it's like so sick and twisted. It is, but I kind of enjoyed reading this part. It was I was fascinating how the games how it evolved yeah was very interesting until it got a little crazy because it is so fantastical to be like oh these things just happened they just started having stadiums for kids to fight it out and this that neither no it didn't start that way it started like in a decrepit little like broken down busted up arena that yeah reused every year and stuff and so it was really interesting to see how it had evolved but 
I hate Snow. I hate Snow so much. He's so he's so gross. Yeah. And so Lucy then goes in with the rat poison, and she cheats in the arena with the rat poison, and she is making it pretty far. But then they find one of the runaways because one the tributes had escaped at one point. See, this is a chaotic episode, guys. The tributes had escaped at some point, uh, some of them, and they got the most of them back. But they didn't find the tribute from District 2, Sejanus's kid, Marcus. And they eventually found him and they mutilated this boy's body and they hung it in the arena to just like upset the other victors or make the other tributes and to make it interesting and to like show punishment and like what you get if you try and run and this, that, and the other. It was really disturbing. And uh, it was, and so Sejanus loses it at this point. Yeah, absolutely loses it. I don't blame him. Yeah, it's a very traumatic, horrible thing that he's having to endure and pretend like it's yeah. normal. Yeah, he has to be cool with it, or he's a traitor. Right. It's like really not. And his dad keeps paying his way out of these different outbursts, but. Well, this one. This one was a big one. Yeah. So he decides he's going to go into the arena. And so he sneaks into the arena and then they're all like, Snow, that's your friend. We're going to send you in there to get him. So basically, we're going to send you to die. Yeah. Um, Because we're not sending peacekeepers in. We're literally sending you this, like, kid in the middle of the night. Yeah, and, and like they like call him emergency in the middle of the night and like off camera like nobody knows this is happening or whatever it's a secret and he goes into the arena he ends up killing a kid when they all try and like attack him rightfully so right um they all try and attack him the tributes and he eventually gets out of there with Sejanus Janus is losing it and so is another kid in the arena who then does take care of marcus's body like sejanus was gonna do he ended up taking care of all the tributes bodies and like caring for them and putting them in a line and it actually kind of he's going crazy for rabies right like and whenever he eventually tucks himself in next to them and covers himself up next to them i was like just surrendering to the rabies of the death of the dehydration. Yeah, it was, it was, oh, it was dark. And those were really good moments in the book. Those yeah. were really good moments. And so they get out alive and with all of Snow's help and with all of Lucy's admirers from her singing and, oh yeah, he helped cheat with the mutations because they were going to send snakes into the arena and he dropped her scent in the snake tank. And she sang to the snakes and thought her singing was what saved her and stuff. But it was really her scent being dropped in the thing by Snow. Right. And he had a handkerchief that she had been using that he dropped in there. So with all of his help and with the people who loved and adored Lucy and her performances, all the gifts and sponsors she got, and all of those things, she won. He yeah. was like, what? And I was like, I swear, they said there was only one winner from uh, District 12. But I went back and I read all the books, guys. I went back and I read all of them. There were two winners. And I do say it was so long ago that they don't have her anymore. And then when they're looking back through all of the the Hunger Games for Catching Fire. Mm-hmm. They don't have the one from that year. 
And that makes sense because Nezit was all destroyed. Right. And so they had, she did like put that in there, that it was not there. So I, I misremember that. So I wanted to tell you guys. Um, so she actually wins and goes back to District 12 to live. And they call Snow into the office. He's like, I'm so ready. I'm going to, like, I'm going to get this scholarship. I'm going to get my girl. She's still alive. Like, I'm about to rise up in the ranks. And on the table, he walks in and he just sees, like, three items identifying him. Like, they were evidence of him cheating. And it was the compact, the handkerchief, and something else. I don't really remember what the other thing was, but basically it was like three strikes and you're out, bro. Yeah. And it was like this doctor, it was like his professor who really hated him who said this. And there was also a really creepy professor who loved him, who was the head game maker. And she was like in charge of the mentors and she was not there. And he just dealt with the like professor who hates him. And he was like all talking back to him and stuff. And they kind of fought it out. And he was like, so basically for cheating, instead of being executed for being a traitor, they worked out that you could be a peacekeeper for life. So get out of here, get on a train, and go. Right. And so he trains, he becomes a key peacekeeper, and gets sent. Well, well, this is what I mean when it's heading in, guys. Where does he get sent? So of course he goes to District 12. You know that as soon as you find out that he's going to be a peacekeeper, you're like, he's going to follow her to District 12, of course. Which I was surprised. I was like, when Lissy won, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm surprised she won. I forgot. Like, I really thought there was only one winner. And then when he gets told that, and I'm like, there's so much more book left, though. Like, what's going to happen? Yeah, what's going what, what's on here? And then he, they say he's going to be a peacekeeper, and that was a plot twist that surprised me. But then getting sent to District 12 was just like, ugh. I was like, I don't have any heads. And throughout all this, he's like, randomly he'll see, like, Katniss, the t- the tuber or something, or he'll see like um, a mocking Jade. He'll be like, "Ugh, I don't know why, but that's disgusting." <laughs> like this should like gives me a shiver, a tingle, like, yeah. and you're like, "Dude, dude, like, like no. a little bit." We know she also at one point is like, she, at one point she's like, "This is all North America or something," and we're like, "Dude, we knew it was North America. Shut up, like." And then she's also like, oh, yeah, and the reaping happens on July 4th. And I'm like, oh, my God, for the fucking table. Lee, just, oh, it was just leave it alone. That was the worst part of the writing. Like, I actually think the syntax was so much better than Hunger Games, the description of the places, everything like that. But it was so heavy handed in, like, the analogy. And I was like, dude, we get it. We get it. We know. We all knew. Like, this is not necessary truth so he gets into district 12 he becomes a peacekeeper he eventually sees lucy gray again at the hall because they all go out and get drunk the only time they leave is like saturdays or whatever and they all go to the hob and jake drink like moonshine and you're really fucking drunk and they let the kobe play for them and this whole time snow has tried to like set lucy apart the districts when he describes her to the capital people trying to get her more sponsors but also trying to be like maybe i can make her my bride one day when i'm famous and of course that was before he knew he was gonna be a peacekeeper um but he's like this whole time trying to set her apart he's like she's part of the kobe she's not a, a 
district person. And these Kobe are a traveling band of people who like to sing and love color. And I text to Maggie and was like, is this a reference to the Romani people? In North America? In North America? What is happening here? And I love representation, but I love authentic representation that doesn't feel just random. Yeah. And this just felt random. And, like, I I love, like, the whole, like, oh, they're singers or, oh, they're travelers or, oh, they're this or whatever. But, like, he, she put all of the, like, qualities to Rwanda yeah. people into these people. And it was... Yeah, the stereotypical stuff. It wasn't, like, a fully fleshed out yeah. kind of situation. Surface and yeah. weird. And not that, like, it... It is weird to include Romani people, but the way she did this was just weird. Right, right. And I couldn't find anything where she spoke about it, but it felt like a very direct reference to me. So I was just wondering if there was inspiration or maybe it was indigenous people. Yeah. And maybe they could have been expanded a little bit more so that they were more accessible because it just seemed like a stereotype on stereotype yeah it was just like a facade of stereotypes standing on each other like they didn't really go into depth about like these people and maybe the part of it's because you're in snow's brain but it still does a disservice i think if you're getting inspiration from romani people to not give them a full history and representation yeah it was very And so then when they go to the hob, the black market, that Kobe sang for money and tips and things. And so he's like, oh, I see Lucy Gray. And he like starts flirting with her. They start seeing each other in secret and then start their flirtationship back again or whatever. And then there's some weird love triangle with this dude named Billy. And you're just like, dude, why another love triangle? Really? I'd like, I didn't even need a romance in this book. And I honestly would have preferred it not have any romance. Right. And then she goes as far as to then just add another love triangle unnecessarily. It was like a double triangle. It was like a... Yep. I don't know. It was... I was just... Oh. Yeah, it was a little much. It was a little much. And it was a little much so Sejanus also went to District 12. Oh my god. That was... I was like, yeah, I can believe this nose one, but he's going to? Like, I get that he got thrown out. They were like... They gave him the same deal, basically, that was like, dude, you just, like, broke in, and we're saying all these traitorous things, and like, why don't you just go be a peacekeeper, because your dad just paid paid us to do this rather than execute you you know so he's like assisting snow and like sneaking around trying to hook him up with lucy gray but he's also doing his own kind of circuit working he's starting to like be involved with the rebels and stuff which i think is badass and it was really cool of him but basically he gets involved with the rebels and they're all like snow this is your friend and he's like it's not my friend i'm just using him but he can't say that out loud. Right. He's trying to figure out how to distance himself while still using this dude. And meanwhile, at the same time, he's going through this love triangle shit. And they kill the other guy in the yeah. triangle. Which I was like, what? And then they, like, they end up being part of the rebels or whatever. And then eventually he is like, Sejanus is going to bring me down. And he's like really going to follow through with all this rebel stuff. I've been trying to talk him off the ledge. Right. This is just, this is going to bring me down. So he went, he's just figured out that he can test into being more in power in, yeah. 
thought that he had no future at all, that there was going to be no advancement for him at all, but he just found out that he can take a test and become, like, an officer, an officer, and start to get a future again. So now he's starting to really put a down and he's like oh shit i need to lose this dude yeah this is not looking good for me and so janus is like yeah i'm gonna help the rebels like break in to the peacekeeper facility and he's like oh yay i'm gonna start recording this conversation on the jabber jays because of course they all went out into the field or into the woods to go hunt the mocking jays and jabber jays to study them and keep them from screaming during executions which was just so haunting like i feel like that if he had been like, I hate mocking jays after that, but it was like before that even. He was yeah, like, I hate them. I hate them. And I was like, this is a little much. But that moment was really haunting. Yes, it that was. That moment was powerful. Absolutely. Which, by the way, how did you feel about how many songs were in this? Oh my God. That was my least favorite part. I skipped almost <laughs> half of them. Like, I really tried, but half of them didn't mean a damn thing. Yeah. Why are they in there? They were just, like, little love songs or whatever. It was... It looked like it was just filling up pages. Fuel his jealousy, I guess, or whatever. I guess. No. I could have done without it. I will have a backstory through song. I could have... I could have done a different route. It was a little much for me. A couple of songs. Yeah. This was, like... I'll never read The Lord of the Rings and you're like, what in the hell are there so many songs? You know, that same feeling. So, um, yeah, basically he's like, oh shit, Sejanus is going to be a traitor. So I'm going to record his whole like plot on the Jabber Days and send it to the lead game maker mm-hmm. on these things because she's the one that does the experiment. And so he does it, and then... Well, then he tries to go back and say, like... Well, undo it. And not undo it. I was like, oh my god. It was... He is so back and forth. He doesn't know what he wants. No. And so then she ends up, I guess, like, turning him in at Sejanus, and Sejanus gets executed, and he and Lucy decide that they're going to run away together. And they might have decided this before this, but they were like, we're going to do it now. Mm-hmm. And so they decide to run away together and they run out into the woods. And while they're out in the woods, two things happen. She realizes that Snow turns to Jason for being a rebel mm-hmm. and got him killed. Yep. Seedy realizes that Lucy Gray's parents were rebels. And they both basically immediately turn on each other, but keep their cool. Yeah, they're trying to, like, fake their way through this without showing that they've changed their mind because Snow just found a gun. Right. He's just found a gun. He just realized that the the evidence on the gun was the only thing that he thought was going to implicate him. So now he's found the evidence. Now he doesn't have to fess up to these crimes. He can totally go back and advance through the peacekeepers. But he knows he has to kill Lucy, but he can't do it near the, like, village. Right. The district. And so it's, yeah, it's it's a tense moment. They get to the lake where Katniss used to go with her dad. They get to the little house, and she's like, I'm going to go hunt for Katniss. So, like, literally, like, the tubers or whatever. Right. And it's taken her a while, and he's pondering. He's like, I'm going to kill her. And so he's like, wait, she figured out I'm going to kill her. So he goes out there and starts looking for her, and she did figure it out. She knew. And she knew, run. And she starts leading him into traps in the woods and running for her life. And honestly, she was badass as fuck through this whole thing. 
for sure. And like she was leading him to snakes and leading him to like swampiness and stuff because she knew the woods way better than he did. And eventually he shoots her probably a few times and she he doesn't find her body though. Yeah. He does not find her body. He shoots her and she's just gone. And so we're to assume she died because we also don't see her in like District 13 later or anything like that. So I assume she died. But right. We don't know what happened to her. And she just kind of disappeared. And he goes back to District 12 and they're like, come with us. And he's like, oh, fuck, they caught me anyway. I'm going to leave the evidence. And they're like, no, dude, you're actually going back to the Capitol. And the doctor had made maker lady. She's like, yeah, how was your summer vacation? I planned that so that you get a good education of how shitty the districts are and how bad everybody there is and this, that, and the other. And he's like, I agree. They are awful. And I'm like, how did you get Right. Wh- where did you get that from? You're like, oh my God, they live in squalor, even worse than our squalor. I- right. What? Right. He's just an insult. Yeah, he's literally just an incel. He just turns into, like, he's always been, but he just turns into, like, total incel. Absolutely. And she is like, so after your summer vacation, like, I don't even think you need to go to university. I think you're going to be a game maker with me. Or he he goes to university and does game maker on the side. I don't know. But he's he's a game maker. And she's, like, lauding him. And yep. we never get what happens between him and Tigress that blows them up and makes her a rebel. Yeah, I guess that must have happened later. But, like, why include her? I was good then. True. Maybe so maybe True. Maybe there's going to be another one. Wouldn't that be cool if there was another one from Tigress's? It was like, why the hell did you choose this perspective? Like, I would have preferred Tigress. I would have preferred Coin. I would have preferred Sejana. I wouldn't have heard literally anybody but Snow. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough being in his head the whole time. Overall, not a terrible react. Like, it was a breeze to go through. I felt like the had better. Yep, the syntax was better. I kind of liked some of the, the backstory of the Hunger Games. That was pretty cool. Agree, agree. But, yeah. Him and the narrator sucked. I was typing out these statements. I was typing them in all caps. And I kept, Savannah said she watched me type on Google Drive. And I just kept making more and more mistakes as I got more and more heated. Oh, yeah. Um, where is Tigers in the end? Yep. What the hell happens between them? Why did she do Snow's backstory? Why another romance that is near useless? Good luck, Triangle. I have so much beef with Suzanne Collins. Like, so much beef from this book. Yeah. We didn't need it. Yeah, I don't think that we needed it. I, I get that it was trying to show, like, how the Hunger Games got there and why Snow was the way that he was, but I don't totally get it. I still feel like it's a bit of a reach, like... Yeah, I, I know. I have to become a communist if I was him. I would have become a rebel. I mean, I did. I was about to say, you did. So, like, I don't get it. I just... I don't get it. All right, I want I want to know... For a sesh fuck kill. Who's in our sesh circle? You read sesh. I'm sesha and tigress. Yeah? Yeah, I feel like I'd love to pick her brain. Like, how interesting. She has all the down low on it. And, and it did turn her into a rebel. Right. 
her experiences because basically they grew up like completely together like both their parents died and they like lived with their grandma and they had like the same upbringing what is it that they called the grandma grandma'am grandma'am that was horrible yeah grandma'am ma'am yeah no i'm sorry i i that just popped into my head and i was like that was horrible there were so many little things like that so it was so heavy-handed it's like she's from her property you don't need to like make her that part yeah we we don't need it so who are you smoking with i want to know who's in our circle i'm smoking with lucy because i feel like she could sing to me no that's true i i think <laughs> earlier i was comparing her to manic pixie dream girl like trope and i was like i'm just kind of not into it henke was like i mean the complete opposite i'm very into it. not even the fuck just like i'm just into it i'm into the vibe i feel it you know i'm there who would you fuck I would fuck Sejanus. I feel like he was a good old boy trying to be a rebel and trying to do the right thing and wounded heart. This twice. I won't believe out the name the second time. This is Justin Matthews all over again. This is all over again. Yeah. Like, that is your type. Yeah, that's absolutely your type. Acts of service, baby. I, Lucy's sister slash cousin slash whatever in the Kobe world, um, her sister is, older sister is gay, and I would totally, totally hit that. You know what? That's a good pick. Yeah. That's a very solid pick. Hey, who are you murdering? I, do I ever pick I'm I like I said I have real beef with Suzanne Collins, so I'm I'm murdering Suzanne Collins. I have beef with her over this book. I did not need this, and she could have given us so many other better things. A meta killing, yeah, very meta. Who are you killing? Whatever that doctor, teacher, scientist, game maker lady was, the one that like made all the mutations. Yes. And in the end, was like it was just some of it. Patient, yes, her the weird mastermind of everything. I that's yeah, a good pick. that's a good pick. weird vibes. That's a very good pick. I, what are you? I was kind of looking for my pop, but I can't bite. Oh, I guess I'm like pop. I keep losing things, guys. It happens. Why are you gonna rate this book? It's a three out of five for me. It's yeah. the very middle of the path. The Catching Fire was better. Mockingjay was more emotional. Mm-hmm. Hunger Games had sloppier writing, but a better plot and character. And I liked it more. So, yeah, solid three out. I'm giving it a 3.5. I'm surprised that I even gave it that high of one. I went in not really wanting to read it at all. I thought there were some plot twists that were yeah. The I Peacekeeper part. Yeah, that he became a peacekeeper at all, not the district hall part. Right. But that he became a peacekeeper. Um, what else? How he came back. Um, Lucy just disappearing was kind of cool. I like those kind of like open-ended. Yeah. It was kind of like a wacky, like liminal space of a chapter whenever that whole fight was going down because it was like, What's real? What's not real? This is all very hazy. Like the way he had a hacker jacker or something out there. Uh huh. And it was like really. And so, yeah, basically, that was. There were some really good parts, but it was not the best time for Games book. And it was her 
I'm so angry that was her best syntax on her worst book. Yeah, yeah. It was a well-developed story, I feel like. It just, uh, I don't know. It's it's not it's not like reading about Katniss, a character that you instantly fall in love with. And yeah. Honestly, for a book about snow. Okay, that's fair. For a book about snow, it's pretty good. I can see a 3.5. I'm sticking with my 3, but I can, I can respect yeah. a 3.5. I can respect higher than a 3.5 because I get it. The style is good. Yeah. But... I just and this is like way up your alley. It was so heavy handed though. Like I rolled my eyes so many times. I didn't cry. Like there was nothing that really hooked me. Like I cry when Prim dies. I cry when Finnick dies or whatever. Because I cry a lot at books, guys. I'm a baby. But I, I just it didn't make me cry. Right. And it's not like it's like a two. It's not bad. It's just it's just me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that the movie will be better. Let us know if you want a bonus app about the movie. Or a bonus app about the Barbie movie. No, we could totally do the bonus app about the Barbie movie. Oh my god, I have so many thoughts. But so funny. You can also message us your thoughts on Instagram. Oh, we are banned from TikTok, but you can find us on Instagram at bait.instopbookish. And you can shoot me a message there if you would like. You can also follow us and subscribe on Patreon or Spotify. You can leave a review. You can follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Maggie.Writes if you want. Um, all my books and things like that are there. And I cannot wait to see you guys soon. What are we reading next week, Savannah? Well, this is a bonus episode. Oh, shit. Yeah. This is coming out right before season two. Uh, we starting season two with then. Why did we start season two with Addie LaRue? Oh, that was such a good one. The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. So excited. That is so far maybe my favorite book from season two. I think Breathing Count Back from 10 is like equally good for what it is, but I enjoyed Addie. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Abby LaRue was such a fun adventure. Yeah. I would highly recommend reading that one before tuning in. Yeah. So our season two it will be out on, will start coming out on September 12th, and we post an episode every other Tuesday for. 10 episodes and we cannot wait to see you there listen along with us read along with us shoot us a message in the meantime and we can't wait to smoke with you soon bye